Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, South Valley. How you guys doing? Would you guys stand with us? We're so excited to have you guys this morning to celebrate what God has been doing. So this morning, we want to just take a chance. I know that there's a lot going on. We're doing one service. Everyone's rushing in. So for this next moment, you want to just take a deep breath and just let it out and just try to focus your mind on what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in this community, what God is doing in this church. So let's go ahead, let's sing this song together.
Good morning, South Valley. It's great to see you guys today. Are you guys excited to be here this morning? I just want to say I'm super encouraged to see all of you. We're closing up our Summer of Psalms sermon series. We got to explore the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, it's 150 different songs written to encourage us in our praise and in our worship. And so I wanted to read a call to worship, Psalm 100. This is what it says. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. The first encouragement is this, cheer for God. Okay, we know how to cheer for our sports teams. Any 49er fans in the house today? Any Raiders fans in the house today? Any Cowboys fans in the house today? Okay, so we know how to cheer for the things that we're passionate about. So one thing I wanna encourage you to do today is to actually cheer for the Lord. Can we do that real quick? One, two, three, let's hit, let's lift it up, all right. says, know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so the second thing he encourages us to do is to surrender to God. So that means if we are his, he has made us, then the posture of surrender looks different at certain times. Sometimes surrendering to God actually means raising your hand. Some of you have never raised your hand in worship. I want to let you know this is a safe place to do that today if you feel led. Whatever it looks like for you to actually surrender. Sometimes that means raising your hand. Sometimes that means just putting your hands out. Sometimes that means actually getting on your knees. You can actually come up here and worship. God wants to encounter you today. And you will encounter Him if you allow Him. If you open yourself up in a position and posture of surrender. So surrender to him. He goes on to say this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So the third encouragement is to thank God this morning, to raise a hallelujah. Can we say that on three? One, two, three. Hallelujah. You're allowed to say amen. You're allowed to praise him. Raise a hallelujah. And then he concludes with this, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And so he's saying, hey, God's people worship God. Singing is the natural response of a heart that's overflowing with love for Christ. We're never happier than when we, than when we worship God. We're never more in tune with the presence of God than when we pour out our hearts and worship to him. And the only reason we even get to worship him in the first place is because he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins and to make a way back to him. You today, you have access to the God of heaven through the blood of Jesus, his son. And so I'm gonna take a moment right now to pray for our gathering and remember that we actually are heard by God this morning. Will you guys pray with me? Father God, you hear us right now. You made a way for us to communicate with you. Lord, your, your word talks about our prayers going up to heaven and it's a fragrant offering in your sight, a pleasing aroma. It's something that you see and respond to. God, remind us today you respond to the prayers of your people. Remind us today that you break through in victory through the praise of your people. Give us hearts of praise, hearts of prayer, 
help us to surrender to you today. Move in this place in a very special and unique way today. I pray that we would encounter your presence, that we'd see your healing in our souls, your healing in our minds, your healing in our spirits, your healing even in our bodies. Do something miraculous in this place today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
You guys may have a seat for a little while. Give your legs a rest. Man, but let's talk about this last song for a little bit. Who here believes that the Lord is our shepherd? He is our shepherd today. Um, we're going to be in Psalms chapter 23. We're going to talk about the Lord being our shepherd. And we're going to see in context what that, what that means and what it really signifies for David and what, and what it really means for us to look at and proclaim for God to be our shepherd. What that feels like. And although it's one of the most beloved psalms in the Bible... Now we can come to it and, and be restored and be refreshed and, and, and have this confidence. But one misconception, that it doesn't mean, in Psalms 23, it's not saying that we will not have hardship. In Psalms 23, it's not saying that life is going to be perfect and great. But in fact, that when Jesus comes to earth, he comes and he says, in this earth you will have tribulations. You will have problems. You will have things that bring you down. You will have anxieties. There will be moments of depression in your life. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Because Jesus has overcome the world. And see, in Psalms 23, for us to get the entirety of the good news for us to fully understand what David was trying to say and where it came from, we must read it in context. Now, I only have 10 minutes up here with you guys, so I can't go the full length of Psalms 22. <laughs> but we see in Psalms 22 this psalm of, of suffering. There are many thoughts of of where and why David wrote this psalm, but the one thing that's very clear is that there are echoes of Jesus on the cross in Psalms 22. It starts off, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's these words that Jesus utters to God right before he dies on the cross, right before he is nailed through his hands and through his feet. And we see in verse 16 of, of, of Psalms 22, it says, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircled me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I count all the bones and they stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Does that not sound very familiar of what Jesus went through on the cross? That in the midst of suffering in David's life, and as he's describing what's going on to him, he echoes of what's going to happen to Jesus on that cross hundreds of years later. 
It's the same suffering that Jesus endures on the cross. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, here the problem is that, 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 that just because our Lord is our shepherd doesn't mean that we're not going to go through difficult moments. It doesn't mean we're going to go through moments where we don't think that God is not there with us. Man, but if I could encourage you this morning that Psalms 23 is, is comforting, is loving, is encouraging because of what David has gone through. And let me tell you that Psalms 23 is encouraging, it is comforting, it is loving because of those moments that each and one of you guys go through in life sometimes. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip on over to Psalms chapter 23. And if you don't, we'll have it up on the screens for you guys. Start in verse 1. It says, my Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? What I find interesting about this passage when I read it, when I was reading it through that, uh, the Bible doesn't com compare us to lions or fast antelopes or cheetahs or any type of clever animal. We're actually, he likens us to sheep. Now, I'm not sure how, how much you know about sheep, but I did some research. Sheep aren't very smart. Sheep aren't very bright. They're actually probably the dumbest animal in the animal kingdom. I don't know what you call it. Not in the animal kingdom. That sounds like a safari or something like that. They live in farms. Very domesticated animals, right? But they're known to, to wander off, to be wanderers. That without guidance, they will surely be devoured by wolves. Without guidance, once a sheep will fall off a cliff, the other one will follow, and the other one will follow, the other one will follow. They will see no repercussion. They will see no, no, no warning of what there is to come, right? In fact, they're, they're not only so clueless, but they're so defenseless. They have been known to be beaten back by squirrels. Yeah, squirrels have scared them and cornered them. The littlest things scare them. But here's the thing, we are exactly like sheep. We are in desperate need of a shepherd. And here's the amazing part, that in this, in this psalm we read that we have a shepherd that is in the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. So I want to dive into this passage. I want to talk about two perspectives of what we see these three phases that happen in, in, in the book of Psalms, or in the chapter, Psalms, 20, uh, Psalms chapter 24, I'm sorry. We're going to see the perspective of God and how he provides, and how he is the good shepherd, right? That the Lord is my good shepherd. We see firstly that he provides physical and spiritual needs. 
If you read in the first few verses, it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. See, see David starts this psalm by, by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that he provides everything that I'm needing. The first thing is that he provides the physical well-being, that he lies down his sheep. He lies us down. It leads us before, before still waters and the green pastures for us to eat and drink, that he provides the basic uh, nourishments that we need for life, that if you're in this place and you have a roof over your head, if you had a car to come to church, if you had food this morning for breakfast or you have it after for lunch, God has provided you. Those things aren't of our own selves, but that comes from the glory and the grace and mercy of God. But not only that, He provides spiritual needs, right? He restores my soul. What does that mean, to restore my soul? That while we were enemies of God, sent his son to go die on the cross that we may be reconciled to the fire we may be restored to the father but above these physical needs we have this spiritual needs of having everlasting life with the father amen the second thing we see here is that he comforts and he guides probably one of the most famous verses Apart from John chapter 3, verse 16, we see it in music, we see it in songs all over the place, secular music and in Christian music, right? That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. It doesn't stop there. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We are comforted because God guides us. And here's the thing. It doesn't say, I will keep you from the valley of the shadow of death, right? It says, even though I walk through it, he is with us, right? That doesn't mean we're not going to experience hardship, but that he is going to be with us every single step of the way where the wolves are, where things seem hopeless, where things become difficult. And he is there through the valley in the shadow of death. And here's the kicker in this, is that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, here's the thing, the, the rod, in this, the, 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 the rod is, is, is used as a, as a way to guide sheep from way, one way to the other. Right? They usually have a hook around it, and oftentimes they would grab the sheep and they would hook them this way, get this way. Right? Sometimes they're going to fall off the sheep, uh, fall off a, a hill, and they would smack the sheep a little bit. Hey, get in this direction, right? Doesn't feel like a very comforting thing to do, right? That while you're walking in moments, that you will feel the nudge of God to direct you in a certain direction. That when you are having hard times, when you are failing, when you are making wrong, de wrong decisions, that God's staff will knock you in the right direction. What that looks like is some discipline. 
and it's not good, right? We're not saying, God, please teach me lessons because we know what that prayer brings, right? But it says, in the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because his rod is there. That you can feel him through the trials. You can feel him in those moments when you are in the valley of the shadow of death. And where, they, where you feel like you don't know where you're going, but God is guiding you. In the moments of discipline, the moments of hardships, you can have joy because you know that God is there with you, guiding you every single step of the way. Every single step has always been there and he always will and lastly we see that he prepares a table and he prepares a table says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies in the presence of hardships in the presence where there is darkness God will prepare a table what does this look like see I'm reminded of the last supper they came together they were the day they came together at, at this table while there was darkness all around them while moments later Jesus will be betrayed and he sat down he prepared a table for each one of his disciples in the presence of the enemies in this dark world we just went through the book of Daniel and we I don't know about you guys but I saw so many similarities between Babylon and us right now in the presence of the world that we live in, in the presence of our enemies, he prepares a table. And see, here's the first perspective of we see that the, that the Father is good, that he is the good shepherd. Right? That he is the shepherd, that he comforts us, and he prepares a table. But there is this second perspective that I want to bring up to you guys. It is our perspective. See, there are three I statements that David makes in this Psalms. The first one is, I shall not want. I shall fear no evil. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, that God does all the work. Anyone grateful for that? Anyone grateful that God does it all? And he is the good shepherd, he guides us, he comforts us in the moments of weakness, he shows us where to go, he shows us the path, he leads us to him, and all we do is, I will not want God, you are so good. I shall fear no evil, I am so comforted. Right? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because of the price that you paid on that cross. I I'm just in receiving blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing here in the Good Shepherd. Here, let me tell you some good news that once any one of us put our faith in Jesus, we receive this free gift of grace that we say we shall not want anything else. We shall want nothing else nothing else we have been provided everything we have been provided everything that we shall ever need so that we shall receive his goodness and his mercy and this is what I want to encourage us we continue by when, when we get up on our feet we need to get back into worship
most of us, uh, for those of us here that's given our lives, that have given our lives to Jesus, we have received the fullness of His grace and His mercy. Now we didn't do anything to earn it, nothing to receive it, nothing whatsoever, but it is given to us through faith, by grace, in Christ alone. Amen? And I think the only appropriate response to this is to worship God. Amen? See, our, our, what worship is, is our response to the goodness of God and the gift that God has given us. And I think for those of us that have been forgiven much, we love much, we worship much, we praise much, we sing much, we rejoice much. Amen? So won't you join me in prayer? Won't you bow your heads? And if you feel comfortable in this place, I want to encourage you, won't you lift your hands up and uh, uh, up to heaven, a sign of surrender. It means that, uh, that God is good, that He is the King, that we don't deserve His grace, that we are just these low, lowly sheep in need of a shepherd, and that He is the provider, that He is the guider, that He is the good shepherd. Won't we lift our hands up in this place and pray with me? God, thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that we can praise you. I thank you that we can worship you. I thank you that we can lift our hands up in the air and, and just full rejoice of what you did that your response that our response for what you did on the cross is us lifting our hands up it is singing God that every single breath this borrowed breath the glory comes from you through you and right back to you that this breath that we're inhaling we bring it right back to you as we sing out your glory and your praises because you deserve it all God we love you so much accept this offering may this be a beautiful fragrance to you. We love you so much. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. And now my shame is gone 
catch my breath. Praising God is awesome. Amen. Is there anything worth praising more than our Heavenly Father? Amen. So I want you to think about this. As we come to a close this morning, it's been a wonderful time of giving God praise. But here's my worry. We're going to leave here today. We're going to hit the world tomorrow and it's all gone. Our head's going to get turned the enemy is going to come at us, and we're going to lose that hope that Jonathan just talked about. Because here's the thing. In my mind, this is the huddle. You know in football when you have a huddle, and you get together and you get the play, and then you go out, and you do the play, and you score a touchdown? Well, here's the play. We come here, and we learn about what God is putting on our heart. 
we get into his word, we give him praise, and we need to go out there, and we need to show the world that our God is worthy of praise. We need to show the world that there is something better in this world than that what they have. We have the ultimate answer through Jesus Christ. If we mess the play up, we can't be as successful at kingdom work, at being a reflection of Jesus to the world around us. So we have to stay connected with God. And here's the thing that I want you to think about. When you wake up tomorrow, the moment you open your eyes on a normal day, what is the thing you do? Do you start rolling the the list? Got to get the kids up, got to get breakfast ready, got to get the lunches, got to get them to school, got to get my Starbucks order in. I would challenge you that this week and every day afterwards, the first thing you do when you open your eyes is give thanks to God. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Because if you develop an attitude of gratitude, what happens is you change from the inside and you become a reflection of Jesus. Because in the world we have today, we're dealing with anxiousness, anxiety, depression. The enemy is throwing everything at us. But if we can be with the reflection of Jesus going, I'm thankful that I have a God who paid the ultimate th- price through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about him. Let me thank God for what he's doing in my life. Contagious behavior. If you have gratitude in your heart, people see that and they develop a heart of gratitude. And maybe they start asking some questions about God, about the God you worship. So I want to share with you what David says about this in Psalm 103. And you can follow along on the screens. It says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. People, he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. 
Let all that I am praise the Lord. Now, I don't know if you've paid attention, but David didn't have an easy life. But David can proclaim here, I'm going to be thankful in all circumstances because I know my God and I know what my God has done. See, we are deserving of death. The wages of sin is death. But God provided a way through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about this. When you wake up tomorrow, when you go to sleep tonight, the picture of the cross is the price that God paid for you. It is the price that God stood in front of so that sin would not be something that would take you out. When we have a relationship with Jesus, that within itself should wake us up every morning and go, I'm thankful. Thankful for a new day, God. Because like Jonathan said, we know what the Bible says. We know that the Bible tells us that we're going to face trials and tribulations and difficulties in this world. But the reality is when we go through those trials and tribulations, it strengthens our faith because we have only one place to look, and that's to God. And that's where we should be looking all the time. Amen? Because the enemy wants to fool us and go, you can do this. You can do this. But when we humble ourselves, he is made strong in our weakness. When we look to him and we're thankful for all that he has done, and that psalm reminds us that God revealed himself throughout the generations. Think about this. We praise the same God that Moses praised. We praise the same God that split the seas and delivered his people through the sea. We praise the same God that walked on this earth and spoke words to draw us back to Jesus. So again, I want to give you some tools as you come into a new day tomorrow. This book right here. I challenge you to get this book. We'll put a link on our website. This book is by Timothy Keller. It's the Songs of Jesus. It is a daily, year-long devotional that walks you through the book of Psalms. Because see, the book of Psalms is just one book of the Bible, but it can be used in every situation you're dealing with in life. And if we develop a habit of going, when I wake up, I'm going to give thanks to God. When I grab my cup of coffee, I'm going to sit down and have time with God. I'm going to open his word. I'm going to open a devotional. And I'm going to cut out time in my day to connect with God so that I remain thankful. I remain with my eyes on him. I remain with hope in my heart. Because when I step out into the world, I want to be a reflection of Jesus is. I want to draw people to him so that people can know the love of Christ. Because that ultimately is why we are here. Everything else, it's just a byproduct. Our ultimate goal in life is to win souls to Jesus Christ and to make a difference so that when we leave here, there is a legacy of love that points to God. The other thing you can do if you, if you are a person who likes a challenge, you could read five psalms a day. That's 150 psalms in a month. But what I would like to encourage you to do is to get into the Word. We've been talking about it for weeks. We've been memorizing Bible verses. But if you get in the Word, it helps you hide it in your heart. So in those times when you're having difficulties, you can turn to the Word. The second thing I want to give you is this. I want you to develop a habit of writing down things you're thankful for. Write a gratitude list. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my God. I'm thankful for my job, whatever it is. And I want you to put it on your body. Maybe it's on your phone. Maybe it's a piece of paper. And when you run into those difficult times, just pause, pull out that list and go, thank you, God. 
thank you, God, for your provision through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that you paid the ultimate price for, for my relationship with you. Thank you for what you've put in my life. And I want to see if, if it makes a difference, if it makes a difference in, in your community, if it makes a difference in your life. Because I know for me, here's the reality for me. When I'm not in God's word and my eyes aren't on him, my day is very frustrating. But then when I get in the word and I'm praying and I'm seeking God, the things that would normally frustrate me, they just wash away because I'm locked into his strength and not my own. So as we come to the close of this service, let us remember this moment where we've raised our voices in praise where we've given God the glory. And let's see if we can carry that on into the weeks to come. If we could be a church that when people hear about South Valley, they go, there's something going on there that I want to come and check out. There's something going on there. Everybody I meet is so happy. What's going on with that place? It's because God is here and God's people are here and God's people are making a difference. Amen. So I want you to stand up. I want us to come before the Lord. And I want you to think right now those things you're thankful for. Those things you hold to your heart. I want you to cast out any distractions. I don't want you to think about what's going on the rest of the day. I want you to think about God. I want you to think about praising his name. I want you to think about being in his presence. I want you to think about Jesus. And we want to lift these words up, speaking Psalm 103 out in song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. I worship his holy name. Come on, sing like
song to sing this morning. It's a new one, but we just want to just encourage you guys as we leave, let's just have a lot of energy here. Let's celebrate what God has been doing through the series of songs. I'm just so excited to be worshiping with you guys, and we're excited for the next series coming where we're doing season two of Daniel. So this morning, come on, let's worship one last time.
my goodness, y'all, God is good. He is good, he is in this place, but he's not gonna have to stay in this place because we're gonna carry him with us wherever we go, right? Oh my goodness gracious. Why don't you all go have a seat for a hot second, okay? I know you had your dancing shoes on, but let's just talk a little bit, okay? My name is Marcus. On behalf of the staff, I just wanna say thank you so much for coming here today to worship and boost the name of the Lord Jesus together, whether you're in person or online. We hope that this was a life-giving time for you.